This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this week's episode, we review last weekend's National Drive It Day and we chat to Daniel Gregorius from MG Motor UK about the current lineup of MG cars, plus news of the new 90th anniversary lapel badges available now. The MG Car Club podcast. Well, as the 90th anniversary of the MG Car Club continues, hello, it's Wayne Scott here with Adam Sloman in amongst his washing and freezers and everything else that he's amongst at the moment. How you doing, Adam? I'm really good, thank you, mate. I'm back with uh, Mr. Zanussi uh, with you all. And uh, yeah, really, really good, mate. Thank you. We talked a lot on the show last week about uh, Kimber and his birthday and, of course, the late, great Sir Sterling Moss, who we lost. And uh, this week also has been quite an eventful week and we start off with the news that uh, one of our favorite shows actually pride of longbridge has been cancelled for 2020 uh, this show has been running every year since the collapse of mg rover and uh, it's one of those fantastic events really that brings together cars and makes a star of cars that don't usually get the limelight isn't it yeah, Pride of Longbridge is one of my favourite events. I've been going to it since 2007, I think, was the first time I went. And just the just the sheer variety of cars you get from that, that have a connection to Longbridge is it's amazing. And the, the, the organisation behind it, the way it's organised by such a small team, by Gemma um, and a couple of key volunteers in and around Birmingham and Longbridge itself, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the best shows you can get to if you've got a car with a connection to Longbridge or BL. They did a, a virtual Pride of Longbridge where they had people sharing their photos on the on the Pride of Longbridge Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, it's well worth kind of have a look at because there were some really lovely cars on there. Talking about sharing pictures, of course, last weekend was Drive It Day. National Drive It Day took place on the 26th of April. Obviously, because of coronavirus, we couldn't go out and about in our classics this year. But the FBHVC did something quite nice, quite clever, quite good fun. And that was to share pictures of past Drive It Day events using the hashtag on social media, hashtag Drive It Day memories, and really just collecting memories of uh, past Drive It Day events, past shows and trips out and also they've got a website that they've set up driveitday.co.uk where uh, you can upload your pictures there as well using a simple contact form and we had david whale chairman of the fbhvc on this show a couple of weeks ago who was explaining that it's really important to not only use that opportunity to flood social media as we did do last weekend but also to demonstrate to the rest of the world that our historic vehicles are in use and being enjoyed and the evidence of it is up on that website driveitday.co.uk and we love drive it day don't we adam it is a real start to the season for us all really it is and the thing about drive it day is it's an opportunity for the those that are outside of our community the sort of general public to see classic cars of all makes and all marks being used and enjoyed and it just reminds people that there is this huge community that if you don't own a classic car you might not necessarily be aware of and it's a great opportunity to see so many different cars well one of the most important things about the survival of the historic car movement in the future will of course be about positioning ourselves alongside things like stately homes as heritage pieces uh, important marks of 
the country's heritage. Yeah, I mean, you've got listed buildings, um, and they're you know they're protected for future generations. And classic cars are as important as that, because we all we all have examples of cars that 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago we would have seen on every street corner. But today they've all but disappeared, and those cars we need to make sure that you know the future generations are able to enjoy and understand and 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 use as much as we are able to. With me, it's important with my kids because I've got my dad's BGT. I want my kids to be able to enjoy that and to have fun with it. They're already arguing over who's going to get it when I'm not here anymore. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's important that even those people that are outside of, of families like ours understand the importance of classic and historic vehicles. And the most important thing about transport heritage um, is that it gets seen moving and operating. You see it, you hear it, you smell it. That's what will really bring it alive. It's no good having them sat in museums. The passion and the understanding won't be the same. And of course, I'd, you know, we have to appreciate there's all the conversations around the environment. That's important. But historic vehicles, and I'm not talking about just cars here i include motorbikes lorries buses all of all of traction engines all of the historic vehicle community account for less than a quarter of one percent of all the miles traveled on the uk roads basically it's nothing and if you took it all away it ain't going to make a blind bit of difference to the fight against global warming so we might as well enjoy our heritage and it's important to make sure these cars are used and enjoyed like you say i'll never forget i met a guy um at the nec a couple of years ago who came up to me and told me that he had one of the best mgbs in the world i said oh, okay that's cool he said yeah it's got eight miles on the clock and i said oh right i said well in in what way he said well it's got eight miles from the factory i said so you've 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 never driven it he said, yeah that's why it's one of the best i said oh i think that's really sad and the guy was you know perhaps a little bit sort of crestfallen with with what i with my response to him um but I think they should be used and enjoyed. It's like having a toy, like a kid's toy, and never taking it out of the box. Absolutely. And you can imagine trying to explain to someone in future generations what a steam train was like you know, <laughs> yeah, without yeah. ever being able to move one or fire one up. Steam trains don't make any sense if you can't smell them and feel the heat and, yeah. and just see the spectacle of one running. And I think if you were to try and explain what driving an MGA was like to someone who had never seen one move that would be a totally different conversation to have and it wouldn't have the impact i don't think talking of using cars regularly as we are uh we have to mention one of our podcast listeners here adam uh, paul batho who got in touch to say that uh, uh, he wanted to make a quick observation on our show which is always mm. welcomed you can get in touch with us by the way via mgpodcast.uk and use the contact form on the page there and he says uh, there's a bit of a talk on your podcast recently about mgs being locked away until things return to normal after coronavirus but as you know there are a lot of people who use their mgs regularly throughout the year and especially with this lovely weather we've had perhaps it's time to remind people that there's no law yet against using a classic car for those essential journeys that are still permitted and uh, paul goes on to say that his magnets currently sat in the uh, garage while he fits a five-speed conversion 
very nice. <laughs> um, but uh, he's found that his MGA is an excellent shopping car and it turns a trip to Tesco from a bore into a pleasure. Well, I can relate to that. I can see I can see the attraction of that. That's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And of course, there'll be a lot of key workers that are using MGs. I mean, my wife is one. She's a district nurse um, and she's out and about looking after people every day in her MGGS. Um, and of course, MG Motor gave uh, 100 uh, ZSEVs to key workers across the UK. You know, obviously, we have to put the little caveat in here and say, if you are using your classic car for commuting or any sort of usage outside the usual pleasure runs that you would normally use it for, you do have to let your insurance company know. Uh, And also, at a time where emergency services, breakdown crews, people like that are keeping their own risk to a minimum, uh, you must please make sure that if you are going to take your car out, that it's in good mechanical condition and that it's not going to break down, please, because otherwise you're just putting other people at risk, aren't you? Remember, T's and C's apply. Absolutely. But uh, (laughs) all that boring stuff aside, brilliant and hats off and we salute you to all those people who are using classic MGs as everyday transport and uh, for those essential journeys and definitely hats off to all those people who are using them for key worker operations and for helping their communities. And I must mention at this point as well, one of those people, you would have heard the interview we did with her on episode one of the MG Car Club podcast, Charlotte Valden. She has been in touch to tell us that MGA of hers called Frisky that we all now know and love she's been using Frisky to go around and delivering medicines in her area as an NHS volunteer what a brilliant thing to do Oh, that's brilliant. And sticking with the with the modern side of MG as well, um, MG Motor India um, have given 100 of their MG Hector models to um, local uh, medical use, government use and police use in India as well to support uh, the Indian battle against the coronavirus as well. So it seems like every bit of MG is doing what it can to try and stop this um, this horrible virus that we're all dealing with. Yeah, not just in India either, because MG Motor UK uh, last week announced that they were providing 30,000 face masks to the NHS uh, to be distributed amongst hospitals in the UK and Ireland. So brilliant. Great work by MG, and we congratulate all of them uh, for supporting our NHS staff and frontline workers. And it is of MG we speak very soon, because we are joined very shortly on this week's episode of the MG Car Club podcast by Daniel Gregorius, who is head of sales for MG Motor UK. We talk to him in just a moment. The MG Car Club podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Memories from Kimber House with Adam Sloman. During the 1980s, Austin Rover considered a return to MG sports car production. In 1985, a concept MG midget was created by Jerry McGovern. This midget concept was itself based on the replacement for the MG Metro. A front-wheel drive car using the new 1.1 and 1.4 K-series engines, it would have spearheaded MG's return to the all-important American market. When development of the Metro replacement became too costly for Austin Rover, the platform for the new midget disappeared. McGovern would have his day with MG, however, when a decade later the MGF would delight MG fans around the world. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. 
Daniel Gregorius from MG Motor UK joins us on the podcast now. Hiya, Daniel. Hi, Wayne. How are you doing? Pretty good, thanks. Uh, we're still in the middle of lockdown as you and I record this. And uh, how is things at MG Motor UK? How are you all coping with the COVID-19 crisis? You're working from home? We're, we're all working from home. I think people are getting a bit stir crazy at the moment and maybe a bit of cabin fever there. But people are still working away making sure that we can deliver the, uh, the right cars, the right products, the right marketing for our dealers and for our customers. And we're all becoming absolute geniuses and whizzes at using Skype and video conferencing now as well. <laughs> yeah, Teams and everything else. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we interchange between them to make sure that we can always get in touch with each other. But that seems to be working really well. And, and maybe it's a, a sign that we'll change our working practices in the future and do a bit more of the digital and, and working uh, apart from each other uh, when, the, when hopefully the lockdown ends. Absolutely. It will be uh, very interesting to see what the long-lasting impacts of the situation are into the future. But uh, here we are in the here and now. And uh, Daniel, talk us through then at MG Motor UK at the moment. If I was to wander into a showroom, uh, what would I see? What's the current range like? Well, the current range is uh, it's a four-car range. We have, uh, first of all, the MG3, which is our small hatchback. Uh, it's been a very successful car for us. And uh, 2019 actually was its best ever year on the market, which is great for a car that's uh, effectively five years old now. Um, it's had a very significant facelift at the end of 2018. Uh, the car drives really nicely. It's incredibly uh, well-priced and great value for money. And of course, like the rest of the cars in the range, it has that seven-year warranty that gives people reassurance and confidence that our cars are well-built with the right components uh, in, in great factories. Um, probably the star of the show is the ZS. Um, it's available in petrol. Uh, and electric formats, uh, we kind of count it as two separate cars because although they look almost identical from the outside, uh, the cars are very different in the way that they drive and the way they perform. So, so first of all, the petrol one launched at the end of 2017. Um, that car helps us to double our volume in 20, uh, 2018 and a significant contribution towards our, our volume growth in 2019 as well. It's a medium-sized SUV, similar kind of size to a Nissan Juke, but much better in terms of looks, uh, much better in terms of space and performance, and of course, much better because it has that brilliant MG badge on the front. Um, the electric version was launched um, in the end of uh, 20, uh, 2019. That car is now the number three top seller in the UK for electric cars, which is absolutely staggering for a car that is so new to the market. We're outselling um, Volkswagen, we're outselling uh, all the other electric car providers in, in the UK apart from uh, Tesla, as you can imagine, who do quite well with electric cars, and Nissan, who are long established with the Leaf. So we uh, we hope to overtake one or both of those in the future with our, our fantastic uh, electric cars that we have now and that we've got coming along later this year. It's a really tough time for car manufacturers at the moment. The motor industry is going through, I mean, even before COVID-19, it was going through a really rough patch. But somehow, bucking the trend, MG has managed to increase its market share and sell more and more of the cars into the market. What do you think the secret is? Well, of course, it's a triumph of planning and brilliant uh, brilliant work by the team. <laughs> but I think um, probably more than that. It's, I think we spent a lot of time uh, two or three years ago anticipating what the trends would be in the market. And we could see a lot of pressure on manufacturers with regards to emissions, and a lot of pressure in terms of regulation to make sure that the cars that are released and launched have lower CO2 and, and lower uh, air pollution uh, contributions. So we could really see that electric was going to take off. Um, we're very fortunate that we've got a fantastic, uh, strong parent company who invested heavily in electric cars 
uh, during that period. And we've come out now in 2020 with the range of cars that is perfect for the, the market as it is today. So uh, I guess a lot of planning, probably a bit of luck in there as well. Um, but having the right cars in the right place at the right time has really been the key to our success. And when you're talking to customers that come through into the showrooms and they're asking about MGs and they're driving their shiny new ZSs out of the showroom, are, are they aware of the history of the brand? Is there some kind of affection or affinity towards it? Or is it very much, for some generations, a completely new car uh, that they're just discovering for the first time? I think it's a mix, really. I mean, a lot of our customers know the MG brand. They know all about the history and the heritage, and they they, they love that. And that's a contribution to the reason why they come to, the, to see our cars and visit our showrooms in the first place. And a lot of people speak very fondly of the cars they had or their parents had, cars they remember from the past with our famous badge on the front. Um, but a lot of people are new as well, new to the brand, new to, uh, new to buying their first uh, car as a family. And they see the practicality, the value for money, uh, as well as the, the brand as part of their, their decision-making process. So it's a bit of a mixture, really. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that we wouldn't be having the success we're having now without that famous brand on the front of the car. And it's something that we really treasure and, and we hope that it's uh, part of our business for, for many, many decades to come. And it's very clear the fact that you and I are even talking here on the MG Car Club podcast that MG Motor UK and MG around the world, India, China, all those other territories, they really do care about the heritage of the brand. And working with the car club as you do, uh, do you find that helps to build a fan base around those cars and to build that brand loyalty? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's right. I mean, the work that Adam and his team do for the, uh, the car club is tremendous. Uh, I know Adam is heavily involved, not just in the UK, but in other countries as well, particularly uh, China and India. Uh, he's travelled the world of MG, so he's a very lucky guy, um, but he worked hard to to get those uh, those opportunities. And the way that the car club has uh, treasured and kept the spirit of MG alive uh, throughout the years is uh, is a huge compliment to, to our brand and to the people who've contributed to it over the years. So, yeah, we, we really treasure and value our, our uh, relationship with the car club and Adam and his team. We reviewed actually the MG ZS EV that you just mentioned uh, when it came out at the tail end of last year and really enjoyed the car and, and could really see the future. But um, how does that fit into the future of MG and how important are electric vehicles to future model ranges going forward from now? Well, I think not just for MG, for the, for the whole industry, electric is going to be really critical in terms of uh, the industry doing its part to reduce CO2 to, to assist uh, climate uh, change and also to make sure that we improve local air quality particularly in, in our cities so electric is here to stay it's a really important part of the industry but for us we've invested heavily in it and we want to make sure that we, we sell cars based on that investment and um, electric cars are actually quite fun to drive so when you get behind one and you put your foot down they, they accelerate straight away you get instant torque um, and our ZSEV is currently the fastest car in our range, not to 60. Uh, so it's, uh, it's good fun to drive. It handles really well. Um, in the future, I can kind of foresee um, electric sports cars with the MG badge on the front. And although we've got nothing to bring to market just yet, um, that would be absolutely fantastic to have an electric sports car that performs better than anything else you can imagine. Ooh, uh, we like the sound of that. <laughs> mm, mm. Yep. Yeah, that's something that we really want to, uh, want to have in the range. So it could be an electric successor to the MGF and MGTF. That's uh, that's well, exciting yeah. for the future. That, that is exciting. That is exciting. When you put it like that, that would be a, be a tremendous thing to have. And 
you know, electric cars, like I say, they, they are good fun to drive. And when you get behind the wheel of one, you know that you're not, um, not causing uh, damage to local air quality or to or to the climate. So there's that kind of element to it as well. Mm. Well, you heard it here first on the MG Car Club podcast. That could be an electric sports car one day. We'd love it, and we'd be love to see those uh, in uh, getting involved with club activities as well. Uh, so. What is amazing, though, looking at the MG ZS EV and actually experiencing the car, driving it and spending a day with it, is the incredible amount of investment that a relatively small manufacturer has managed to put into that in such a fast-paced, constantly changing technology. It must have taken some not inconsiderable investment, really, by MG to, to keep up with that and to produce such a brilliantly finished car. Absolutely right. And the, the thing with motor manufacturing today is it has to be done at big scale. It has to be uh, done in uh, very efficient, very, uh, very, very good factories, modern, high tech. If you don't have those to start with, then it's very difficult to, to make a success of any brand in any part of the world. But beyond that, you need to have the R&D investment. And our parent company invested early in electric. They invested in the right places. And they were able to uh, get the technology that we're bringing to market now, which is making all the difference for, for our brand in the UK. Um, really is critical to have that R&D and have the uh, the investment over a long period of time to make sure that, that you, you can bring the right cars to market when, when the market's ready. Up and down the country, MG dealerships are springing up in uh, towns all over the place. Uh, the growth has been, well, plain to see on the street, actually. But uh, looking ahead to the next year or two, um, with constantly changing situation that we're in, bearing that in mind, of course, what's the future for MG looking like at the moment? Where are the plans and uh, what's the focus? Well, um, two years ago, we had 82 dealers in the UK, and um, today we've got 107, so we've increased by 25. And along the way, we've we've parted company, sadly, in some cases, with dealers who perhaps um, were not scaled up to do volume car sales. Um, they played their part, and we're very grateful to them, but um, we've brought on board dealers who have that scale, that experience of uh, volume sales, and uh, some, uh, some regional groups were very good with other brands, and they've bolted us on or they've uh, used MG to replace other brands in their businesses. And because they can see the huge opportunity now and in the future that the MG brand uh, gives to them. So from a network point of view, the, the, the sort of scale of the dealerships is much bigger now than it perhaps was two years ago. And that's been a big contribution to the volume uh, sales that we've managed to achieve. Within that, we still have some of the sort of family run businesses there that we treasure as well. And they play a huge part in our uh, current performance and um, long may that continue but yeah certainly the the, the, the network's bigger uh, the range of cars we sell will get bigger as well if i'm going to wander into my local mg dealer then uh, daniel what would you recommend as the best deal for me at the minute what should i buy <laughs> well, what sort of car are you looking for what, what, what are your uh, what are your needs and uh, what do you use your car for well, this is the thing, isn't it? You have got something in the range to kind of suit everyone. Uh, but if I was a young family looking to have something that was convenient, but also a bit of fun, and it wanted to fit into a bit more of an energetic lifestyle, would you recommend? I think, first of all, if, uh, it depends on the age of your kids and, and how many kids you have and, and what sort of things you carry around. But certainly our, our newest car in the range, the, the all-new MGHS, is a C-segment SUV. It's a great space, great technology in the car. A five-star Euro NCAP uh, award, so very safe for, for your family. Uh, and the car is uh, incredible quality inside. You touch and feel the interior, the seats, everything about it really feels uh, very, very good. 
and very comparable to what you might experience in some of the premium brands that we have on the market today. So I really recommend you take a look at the, uh, the HS. Um, but if you really wanted to go forwards into the future with an electric car, then the ZSEV really would be the one for you. Well, Daniel, I hope that you'll come and join us on the podcast uh, in future episodes to keep us up to date with new models that arrive and new technologies that MG are put into market. But for now, thanks so much for joining us. No, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Nice to speak with you. The MG Car Club Podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk Well, I really enjoyed talking to Daniel about what MG Motor UK are achieving, really, and they're achieving quite a lot. Probably one of the only car manufacturers in the UK to be really experiencing any sort of growth at the minute. It's really nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, they're doing really well. They've got a really good range of product. The dealer network's growing. ZS has been a huge success for them. So yeah, it's really exciting to see where they're going and and what's coming down the line as well should be really good for them too. And doing what all car manufacturers need to do right now is embrace electric vehicle technology, as Daniel explained there with the MG ZS EV, uh, which probably is a real game changer, I think, because it has got all of the functions that you need from a a really good SUV but actually at an affordable price I mean you don't have to be in the Tesla money bracket to be affording an MG ZS EV do you? No definitely it'd be interesting to talk to um, to Andy Knott the uh, editor of Safety Fast he's just swapped from a one litre uh, three cylinder ZS Turbo to uh, to a ZS EV in the last couple of weeks so, um, so yeah it'd be good to, to get Andy on the pod and see what he thinks of uh, of his car Definitely, and uh, as we mentioned, Safety Fast, of course, just a reassurance to MG Car Club members, and if you're not one, why not? Because you are missing out on the best MG magazine out there in Safety Fast. It really is fantastic, and it's all for free. You get it sent to your house for free if you're an MG Car Club member. If you want your copy, all you've got to do is go to mgpodcast.uk, our website for this podcast, and click the Join Now button, and it will show you all you need to do to join us to get hold of that magazine. And reassurance, really, that we are printing and sending out business as usual for Safety Fast magazine. And uh, probably we should explain, Adam, at this point, to those mm. who have never read Safety Fast or don't know anything about the history of the MG Car Club, why it's called Safety Fast. So, Safety Fast was the was the slogan that MG used from 1929 all the way through to 1980. Um, originally, MG's slogan was faster than most, um, but someone uh, modified an advert near the works uh, and wrote the words bicycles underneath the advert. So the, the tagline for MG became faster than most bicycles. Um, Kimber saw that and wasn't at all impressed um, and decided that they weren't going to use that anymore. And MG's marketing guy at the time was on his way into Abingdon one day, uh, got caught behind a bus, and on the back of the bus, in big, bold words, it said, safety first. Um, and he thought, well, maybe if we change that to say safety fast, it would combine the fact that MG at the time were, were pretty nippy little cars, um, but they were also 
pretty safe little cars as well so he suggested safety first um the slogan stuck uh, and in 1959 the the car club asked mg if it could use safety fast to as the title for our magazine and that's what we've done ever since this year we are running through all the different back covers as well over the decades to kind of relive the way the magazine has morphed and evolved over the 90 years of the club We've gone all the way back to the 1930s when the the club magazine was called The Magazine. Um, perhaps not the most exciting title, but the um, M and G of magazine was was stylized into an octagon. Um, and it's got an awful lot of response from, from readers. It's got people talking. It's got a, a lot of interest on, on social media, particularly on our Facebook, where we share our covers. Um, and it's been really exciting to go back all the way back to, to like I said, to the 30s when the magazine started. Um, and look back through the archive and our history. Well, whilst we're indulging ourselves in the 90th anniversary of the MG Car Club and looking back on the history of our car club, which is the 90th anniversary year, by the way, it's easy to forget that whilst uh, current events seem to overshadow all else. But let's indulge ourselves yet more because there's more great merchandise in the shop at the minute, Adam, isn't there? And I know uh, you, like me, we're wearing our anniversary lapel pins at the moment. Yeah, it's the latest piece of 90th anniversary merchandise to arrive at Kimber House. It's um, the same design, the same 90th anniversary logo that we've been using on our website and uh, on the new uh, grill badge as well that's available. So there are um, the, the lapel pin is available in a, in a limited quantity. So if you do want one, um, hop onto the website. They'll be available online very soon. Don't miss your opportunity to get hold of the 90th anniversary stuff, everyone, because uh, this stuff, as Adam says, is limited. It's only been made in certain quantities, and when it's gone, it's gone. And, of course, this sits alongside all of the other merchandise that's up on the shop as well. You've mentioned the grill badges, and there's two different types, of course. You've gone into production with the ones for big grilled MGs, like MGB, uh, MG Midgets, and the MGAs, of course, but uh, we're still looking for expressions of interest, aren't we, on those bonnet badges for the smaller grilled MGs, the more modern stuff like the Zeds. Yeah, so if you look on the web shop, you'll see that we do a, a smaller grill badge that, uh, like you say, is suitable for the, the Zs, the TFs, the more modern cars. Um, we are asking for people to get in touch and let us know if they'd like a 90th anniversary version for those cars. Please do just give the team a little bit extra time to get your order together, get it dispatched. The postal service is a little slower than it normally is as well. So Yeah, we are all still working at Kimber House. Liz, our membership secretary, is still there processing memberships and renewals, so you can still join you can still renew um, and like you say Inika is there running the shop um, and Andy and Colin are still putting the magazine together albeit remotely um, so we're still working at Kimber House we're still keeping the club going um, and as soon as all this is over we can't wait to get back to normal since we're not able to go to car shows at the moment we're still running our virtual car show on the website at mgpodcast.uk if you click the photo contest link at the top of the webpage there you can not only look at all of the amazing submissions we've had so far and there are literally hundreds of mgs from all eras all styles all sorts of people that have submitted their photos uh, but also you can submit yours as well just click the enter now button on there and you can join our virtual car show happening online you can find it all on the podcast pages at mgpodcast.uk we'd love to hear from you tell your stories about your mgs and of course just share things with the worldwide mg community so from him goodbye and from me see you next time bye
Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.